Welcome to The Confessional Taco, a podcast exploring historic faith and practice rooted in the depths of Mexican-American culture. In our time, we want to invite you into the conversation on all things confessional, cultural, and hyphenated. My name is Marco, and I am a writer, a local pastor, and a preacher. And my name is Serge. I'm an educator, a musician, and a writer. And this is Taco Tuesday. Hey, Marco. How's it going? How are you today? This sounds what? so scripted. What? How are you I'm fine. today? I'm, I'm fine. I'm Marcy. great. I'm great. Marcy, yeah, you're great. Is, yeah. I love being here. You love being here? This is your office after all. It is. So. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Confessional Taco, <laughs> where we discuss things like Mexican-American, the hyphen, confessions. We discuss things like Mexican-American? Yeah. Or Mexican American culture. No, Mexican American. Oh, okay. everything. It's an umbrella term, bruh. But so we're here. We're gonna ask Mark how he's doing today because he feels like we need to ask him that. I, it was a suggestion. <laughs> Marcy, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing well. It's yeah? been a good day. Yeah. What yeah. Did you do today. Uh, recorded podcasts. Yeah. How many? I don't know. This is our fourth one today. This is our fourth one. This today, is our yeah. fourth one. Yeah. And then I worked on my sermon. Oh yeah. And then I did you, grocery shopping. You didn't just work on your sermon. You rearranged your entire outline. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us why? Uh, you just didn't like the other outline? I didn't like the, the other Holy outline. The Holy Spirit wasn't good enough for you? The outline about the Holy Spirit was not good <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> so we are going to be jumping into the Holy Spirit um, sermon series. And so Marco has been working on that. Uh, but he clearly didn't like his outline. What about your outline did you not like? It looked good. It's not that uh, it's not that I didn't like my outline. One of the things I always write in my sermon prep is something called initial thoughts, okay. and so I just dump a bunch of thoughts, as many as I have off the top of my head, and then I go back and start cleaning it up. And so when it came to initial thoughts, I either had things that overlapped too <laughs> much, or I had things uh, points. I guess you can call them. Okay. I had points that I could uh, say at a different time. It was okay. it was too much information. Gotcha. So it was you just cleaned it up essentially. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. So you want to know how I'm doing? This? Oh, how are you doing? You, you should probably ask me that, since I, I, you know, I asked you. How How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I took a nap. You know, I wasn't feeling very well. Had a headache. Um, but it was good. Recorded some podcast. Tried to do that Call of Duty thing. Oh yeah, it didn't really work no, out. It did not. <laughs> I'm clearly very bad at that game. It lasted like two seconds. It was pretty fun though, uh, and ate some food. Actually, I got some tacos. All right, yeah, yeah they're yeah. very appropriate. Yeah, it, it was very appropriate, right? And so, can I just tell you that not all tacos are created equal? <laughs> Which leads me to my next point. Yeah, you wrote a uh, you wrote a blog titled not all tacos are created equal right yes okay so i feel like that's true one but why why the blog <laughs> like what am i talking yeah, about what are you talking about yeah so i wrote this i wrote this article a couple of months back and i yeah so yeah i titled it not all tacos are created equally and uh the tagline equally was or equal sorry equally oh. yeah and then the tagline was a brief look at Hispanics in the church. And so um, the purpose behind this uh, article 
um, or the inspiration behind this article came as a result of, um, so in our church, we are part of a church planning network called Acts 29. And so I was at an Acts 29 function and, um, I think it was in Austin. And so as I was talking to a couple of other pastors, um, part of our role to be there was to kind of give everybody an update on what is and has been going on in your neck of the woods of Texas. And so I was asked to kind of introduce and speak on the Valley. And so, so I did. And a couple of guys came up to me afterward and were asking me questions about specifically Hispanic culture. Uh, They were really interested, they were really curious, um, and uh, they felt... We're not a project, y'all, by the way. Um, And so they, they, um, they were really interested and really curious and felt really safe about asking the types of questions that they've been wanting to ask, but couldn't ask the... Hispanic congregants sure, <laughs> in sure, their church, I mean, yeah. and so uh, so we got into those conversations, and some of the some of the questions were really good, some of the thoughts were a little ignorant, okay. um, and I came home and just really was processing that, and so I decided to write this article called "Not All Tacos Are Created Equal," uh, or "Not All Tacos Are Created Equally," in the sense that uh, I wanted to prevent present the American church with this broad. Uh, notion of um, how you do church doesn't uh, um, isn't always going to work for other ethnicities sure Um, particularly the Hispanic Hispanic cultures and so as a result if you want to be successful or you want to begin to see success and fruit in your ministry there are a couple of things that you need to know yeah. about about the Hispanic culture. So before we get to those couple of things and like uh, read a, a little bit of your blog, uh, you had mentioned that some of the questions were, um, some of them were really good and some of them were pretty ignorant. Can you give us an example of like a good question that was asked and like an ignorant question? Yeah, a good question. I had this one pastor ask me, um, and I don't want to say his name or where he's sure. from because he follows us on Instagram, and I, I know he'll know. That follows yeah. us on Instagram. And so, uh, so one of the questions he asked, which is a great question, he said, "We just recently um, started having this small group of families of Hispanic families in our church. What do I do?" Yeah, like he was—that was it, and he was intimidated. And I think in one well, of our they said a good question. Because he's willing to learn. There you go. You know what I mean? Uh, he's he's willing to learn. I think, uh, I certainly think he was a little, like, he didn't want to come across as culturally ignorant or sensitive. He wanted to come across as someone who's willing to learn so that he could better serve the people in his congregation. Um, and, uh, and as a result, when it came to these Hispanic families, uh, he was just intimidated a little bit. Um, in some of our earlier podcasts, we talked about how um, ethnic re- reconciliation is a louder conversation in some of these bigger urban contexts. Right. And even though he's not in one of them, he is near you know really big cities here in Texas. Yeah. And so I think he was intimidated by the fact that we have non-white families. What do I do? Yeah. Um, or how, how could I best serve them? Right. Is there... I love that. Yeah. I, that, was a, that is a good question, this idea of like uh, coming at it from like, I, I just, re- I really want to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, not, 
as a project, but as like, how can I better serve? Yeah. So that's really cool. What about a question that you're just like, come on, guy? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, one of the questions um, I'm trying to, because I got like two or three, I'm trying to think of one where um, I, I think one was based on this one pastor who they had something like an intro class or like a kind of like a members class okay. just to, uh, to just learn more about the church. And he kept saying, man, I keep inviting them. I keep inviting them, but they're not either. They don't want to participate or I feel like I see someone new um, that's with their family each time. And, uh, and he's like, man, so we're doing everything we can. And so in that, part of the conversation I was like man I I think you have a very if we build it they will come kind of the mentality and and the guy that keeps because he was talking about being one individual would come in and out in and out and I was like part of it it could be like I don't know where that guy's heart's at I don't know where he's at with his relationship with Jesus but in our experience uh, often if you have this one individual or a small group of individuals that is tagging along to a larger group of individuals those are the scouts those are the ones who are checking out your church so that they can tell the rest of the family and so if you are just like come on come on come on and they're not they're not biting you know uh and you're getting frustrated um i don't necessarily think they are the problem (laughs) right right, exactly so and they could be but i don't i don't think they are maybe yeah for, for all those uh, pastors who are listening at the moment, if any, um, <laughs> right? Like, the biggest difference there is service versus, you know, project. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, I think that we need to really understand that, that uh, people are not projects. People are people. And, you know, we, we, we need to serve them yeah. where they're at. And yeah, so, absolutely. Um, uh, thanks for sharing that. I know those must have been an interesting conversation. Um, <laughs> but so let's talk about your blog post, right? So yeah. you you're saying essentially that we're tacos. Right? <laughs> yes, because why not? Because they're, they're freaking delicious. <laughs> that's why. And yeah. Yeah, and so <clears throat> part of the argument is that so I think that the American church can often impose and assume not all churches this is a this is a generalization yeah, talking absolutes here. yeah yeah absolutely so, so i think the american church can impose and assume that that all cultures and we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up into what is the hispanic culture which yeah. doesn't only include uh mexicans or right, mexican right. americans so i think the american the american church can um assume that all cultures are the same um i think Often the American church thinks, man, what is effective in the suburbs has to be effective in the barrios, mm-hmm. um, and and it just doesn't work. No. It doesn't it doesn't work that way uh, because although there are many similarities within Hispanic cultures, there are some pretty big distinctions that um, can either help you or or hurt your ministry. Right. And so essentially, but that's the argument, and then I present the question of. So what is it that the church can do? If the church yes. really wants to begin to engage um, the Hispanic population in their city, what is it that they can do? Yeah. And, and so, so I'll go for it. Uh, I was going to say, like, that is a, um, it is, it's not just for the church. Like, this is for anybody 
wanting to serve anybody mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. like this is um, this is people being with people and so it doesn't you don't have to be a church leader specifically to, to, to follow with these things um, you had mentioned that um, you know what works in the suburbs doesn't work in the colonia yeah. right and yeah. so I want to ask a little bit about that like yeah. do you think that the reason why people uh, assume that it's going to work is is because um, it just works in their context or is it because they're just like they're they just don't know the people or is it like a both thing I, I yeah. tend to think that like it could be both like hey this is what works so we're just going to continue doing this because it works uh, and at the same time they don't know the people so when they show up and like with their program whatever program that might be they're like oh like it didn't work you know like mm-hmm. it, it's it's almost a surprise to them but yeah. I mean to me it's not really a surprise it's like you didn't do your part of getting to know the people mm-hmm. right so when you're going to talk a little bit about that yeah 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 I would say it's I would say it's both right to, to answer your question mm-hmm. briefly yeah I would I would say it's both I would say it's people who or I would say one um engagement is going to be measured by previous success in different contexts mm-hmm. and so why wouldn't it work here yeah and then number two it's also um viewing people individuals cultures as projects rather than people and so there's this missing component of relationship and development right. or relationship and investment yeah I, I think it's also important to know to to say this that like I, we're, i'm not trying to say that you know these churches are being lazy although i will say that some of them probably are mm-hmm. uh, like i'm not saying that that that's where they land right mm-hmm. I, what i'm saying is that like they just they just pro- they probably just don't know how to do yeah. those things yeah you like know? it's a blind so, spot it's a blind spot there you go that's yeah. a great way to put it it's a blind spot and so um so you know I'm not saying churches are lazy and not doing their homework. What I'm saying is that some of them do have blind spots and and uh, that's why, you know, asking questions is good. That's why, you know, it's important to have that relationship with people. Um, and so you had m- mentioned in your blog post, like, certain things that churches can do. You want to talk to us about that? Yeah, I listed uh, I listed five things that churches could do or, or that we could learn from. In this. So the first one is, uh, observe, right? Um, I think that's the first thing that churches or church leaders or pastors or whoever uh, need to seriously take into consideration. It is it is learning to observe, um, learning to observe from the perspective of a missionary, right? Like the like the role of a missionary isn't to disrupt the rhythms of a people but to learn about them by asking questions spending time with them understanding the rhythms and traditions and flows of their personal life of the community of their city like there has to be seasons uh of, of just observation where okay. yeah yeah learning yeah. where you're where you're asking questions or just being still and watching taking your own notes, you know what i mean like yeah. there has to be these seasons of observation uh because when you're engaging a people that is different even i would even say even if they are americanized 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's still going to be distinctions among sure. them. Um, and I say that because if we were to go to Mexico City, Mexico City is is known for how quickly developed it is uh, and yeah. how Americanized it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean I know the culture and yep. rhythms of the people in Mexico City. Correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so and I say that because even if people were to come into the valley or if a church were to try to plant in the Hispanic side of town, it could be Americanized. Yeah. You could have street names that are written in English. Um, there could be the local Whole Foods and there still needs to be this value for observation and how a people does things yeah so first one pastors be a missionary yeah and if that you don't understand that then be an anthropologist yeah like study the people learn the people observe the people Mm -hmm. to teach the people yeah what's number two the second one i wrote was uh learning learning the culture of and so we're talking about hispanics but learning the culture of the Hispanic population you're trying to reach, right? So there's a clear distinction in that, right? Like yes. Like different types mm-hmm. of cultures. So talk yeah. to us about that. Yeah. It, it, and so one of the things I write about is that Hispanic culture has overlap. Like that's just, uh, it, it just is. There, There is an overlap or there are overlaps in the Hispanic culture. Mm-hmm. And um, there are distinctions yeah. In, in in Hispanic culture, and so wherever not it all is, the same people. Yeah, they're not uh, not all tacos geez, are man. created equally, and so as a result, like <laughs> wherever it is you are, or whoever it is that you're trying to engage, I think you need to know who you're engaging, not just where yeah. you're engaging, but but who are you engaging? Right. Engaging, right. I think Mexican Americans and engaging Mexicans. There are some distinctions there. Massive. Um, or even like Mexicans and uh, people from Guatemala. Like there are some clear distinctions yep. in the culture that, that you need to be aware about. Yep. Or excuse me, you need to be aware of. So that would be number two. Yeah, not like just because we speak Spanish does not mean we're the same. Right, right. And, and even that like a... Uh, you know, we, you and I always talk about how the borderlands is extremely different than mm-hmm. like a Mexican community po- like pocket yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. Like uh, the Mexican community community in Houston is going to be super different than the Mexican community here. Yeah. Right. And so, it's really understanding the person that you're reaching mm-hmm. for sure. What's number three? Yeah. So number three really comes out of number two, right? And that would be language. And so even though there is overlap in many aspects of Hispanic culture, there are distinctions. One of those distinctions, excuse me, is going to be the kind of Spanish spoken. So uh, words that are oh, I don't, indigenous to the Rio Grande Valley are, mean a completely different thing or don't exist at all in Mexico. Right. Likewise, words that are in Mexico mean something completely different to people in Guatemala. And yep. so... Um, so that needs to be something that is that is understood. Yeah. Um, language is one of those distinctions. Sure, there's there is great overlap um, in 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 the language. Uh, looking at it in a broad sense, mm-hmm. but then there are these like distinct markers that make it. Can you give us an different. example of something that is like uh, like right off the top of my head? I'm thinking of the word parquete. 
yeah. rice. Like yes. In the valley, we love to say paquete. Yeah. You go to Mexico, they're like, what is that? That's not a word. Yeah. Estacionate. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what would be some other examples of... of Valleyisms. Valleyisms. Well, I think that, right? Like, parquear. Parquear, yeah. It's just uh, like. It, troca. Right? Yeah, troca, carro, tochar. <laughs> tochar. <laughs> no toches. Shorts. Shorts. Tehuacho. Yeah. So just, yeah, stuff like that is, yeah. uh, that is very indigenous to the valley. Yeah, you go across the border and they're like, what? Right. Like all of a sudden you're uneducated and you're not Mexican enough. And uh, <laughs> George Lopez used to make this joke about Hispanics in the States thinking they're like super tough and super cultured and super, super Mexican. And then when they would go over to the, to Mexico, they would turn into like these white girls like oh my gosh that's so dirty how could i do that's that so dirty. <laughs> and so it's hilarious because these are words that are native to the valley and then you right. go over to mexico and then you're made fun of yeah yeah <laughs> i think uh but you know if if you're if you're trying to reach that culture like understanding those you know words uh, valleyisms or yeah. whatever uh, whatever your context might be um it shows them that like oh man like they're trying yeah you know, yeah trying. absolutely so it, that's a good thing so that was number three what would number four be number four i honestly don't know why i wrote this this part but i think oh, that's good yeah that's, that's awesome. awesome um so one of the things I, I talked about so distinctions in hispanic culture one of them being language the other one the way i don't know why i wrote it this way i wrote soldaderas and so what i mean by that is in many circles of Hispanic culture, um, you need to understand that, sadly, there is a stereotype of machismo culture. Yeah. Um, and that, that is real, and that is toxic, and that is abusive, and, and yes to all of those things. I know right. we're gonna do a podcast on that later, so yeah, that that is reality. And in addition to that, there is this other reality that in certain pockets of hispanic culture the guys are or the men are actually the ones that aren't carrying or the the men are the ones that were actually aren't calling the shots right they're just carrying them out because yeah. the grandmother is the one who who gave them their marching orders yeah seriously no. um i mean you're obviously right that that was the case like in my family mm -hmm. you know like um i remember specifically like my grandma in monterrey like no we're not doing that we're actually doing this mm -hmm. and my grandpa would be like yes ma'am yeah know? but like my grandpa was the one that was seen as the, the yeah. head of the household yeah but you know he didn't make any decisions yeah like no it was not done by him it was done by my grandma yeah um and so uh we definitely don't want to get into too much of the machismo because we are going to be doing a podcast and we're waiting off on it just because we want to be very clear and concise with that mm -hmm. one um like do you think that like how does that play in, in in a pastor trying to reach that culture like is it just understanding that like hey the guy's not actually the one making the decisions or like is there something else to that like when you wrote it you said you didn't know why you wrote it right yeah yeah like, like thinking back on it now and like reading it again like do you think um it, was it simply to be like, okay, just be aware of this mm -hmm. and then move on? Or 
Yeah, yeah, I do think. Yeah, I think uh, in large part, it's really just to be aware of that. And there's nothing necessarily bad about that. Right. Um, Just know you're never necessarily dealing with only one person of the family. There you go. That's that's really it. You know what I mean? The picture there is like you're not just dealing with the dude. You're dealing with people, like several. Yeah, you're dealing with people. You're dealing with several of them. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, what's your fifth one? Your fifth and final, right? Yeah, the fifth and final one is understanding the role of religion, right? And so, uh, one of the things that I talk about is that... Yeah, I don't see me. I'm shaking my head up and down. It's It's understanding that in Hispanic culture, there are religious rites and traditions and customs that can be universally and, and widely embraced all while not having a understanding and saving knowledge of, of Jesus. And so there's a lot of church. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, religious activity. Yeah. And, and there is the absence of a relationship with, with Christ. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's tradition, there's church, there's religion, but there's yeah. no gospel. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. There's there's no gospel, and so the irony. I mean, certainly the the big key here is that the the gospel is missing. But the irony is that there is these there are these large pockets of conversation and value when it comes to church and religion or religious rites and tradition, right? And then when you start talking about confession and repentance. Mm. Like you begin to upset and offend members of the family. And so I think going back to the soldaderas, like when you're talking to, for instance, if you're talking to the man, even if you're talking to the woman of the family, like you're not just talking to one of them. Right. And I think one of the things that many Hispanics have a fear of is being socially rejected by the family. Sure. When it comes to wanting to follow Jesus and have and submit themselves to Jesus as yeah. their as their Lord and Savior. Like that sounds great. That sounds wonderful. I want that. And a effect of that is going to be that I am socially rejected from my family because yeah. there's a sense of betrayal. Yeah, like um I for, for like in hearing that as I'm hearing you say it, like I the the word weakness weakness mm-hmm. comes yeah. to mind. Like it's yeah. seen as weak almost like yeah. Uh, like what what we taught you wasn't enough. Like yeah. our stories were not enough. Yeah, enough. exactly. So that's good. Um, and how does how does the pastor in this case address that? Yeah. So one, I think they like churches, ministries, pastors, individuals need to create uh, an environment. Need to create a pocket where some of the values that the family has are. Uh, are exposed like okay. in, a, in, a, in a good way so one of the podcasts that we did was about like the liturgy of the home mm-hmm. and how the church can learn from the sunday evening gathering and vice versa right. i think that's an example that is an example of of bridging two um two identities to yeah. make one yeah that's good that's good yeah and so um did you have anything else from the the blog that you may want to share before we take off? That was uh, th- those, those are the, the five main... points, right? Yeah, those, those are the five, five points. points. Yeah, and uh, be confused with the five points of Calvinism. Yeah, not those. These are better. Um, yeah, these are the five points of <laughs> of tacos. Bar- bar- baronism. Yeah, of tacoism. The taco tacoisms. <laughs> these are five. <laughs> yeah, and oh, so Calvin. so one of the things I just end up closing with is. 
I really give three things to close. Like, so if this is something you like, if you want a culture or if you want to engage the Hispanic population, um, then you need to have cultural awareness, which is yeah. our, those five points that we gave. And you need to have patience. But because one of the greatest, I think this is total opinion. I think one of the, the most dense love languages of the Hispanic people is quality time. Yeah. And so you got to have patience because yeah. that means you're going to have a lot of conversations. Yeah. You know, so, cul- yeah. So cultural awareness, uh, spending time with them. And then, um, uh, what the last thing I said was like the pro tip is if they start making fun of you and you can take it, you're in. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's, that's a good a, thing. That's a good thing. If you're being made fun of. <laughs> yeah. Like, smile along and like in your head like give yourself a high five because you're in it, right? <laughs> yeah and so um just to kind of like encapsulate this whole thing so uh this isn't just for pastors or churches this is for everyone that wants to like build some sort of bridge right like one people are not projects that mm-hmm. people are there like be be a servant um and, and we get that from from the gospel like yeah. we are to we're called to be servants yeah right before christ went to the cross what did he do wash feet mm-hmm. right uh number two uh there are certain not uh, not guidelines we're going to call them tacoisms um but like th- these five points can really help you mm-hmm. um and you know don't be afraid to ask those questions like uh engage in conversations uh you know we like me personally and I know you do too so I can speak for you like we're super thankful for people that want to work really hard to ensure that a certain people group are being reached by mm-hmm. the gospel mm-hmm. uh, and, and that requires a lot of like I, we keep going back to this idea of vulnerability and humility uh, because that's where grace is found right mm-hmm. like we the absence of pride is grace yeah. um, and so we're super thankful for people that are willing to step up and do those things because it is going to be hard it is going to be a trenches mm-hmm the trenches you know like it is going to be war um because again like it's going to require your patience yeah um so continue to do those things continue to serve continue to ask questions continue to seek help continue to go into those places continue to be like an anthropologist a a missionary observe look understand uh, have dialogue and, and and ultimately you'll be made fun of and at that point high five you're in mm-hmm. right so keep keep doing it you know keep keep doing it and and to those who are like well projects well you and i can have a conversation about that later mm-hmm. um and it won't be a fun one so mr marcy <laughs> benediction please yeah yeah the benediction would be uh as you make disciples make sure you're sitting down and eating tacos with them Boom. Y'all heard. Sit sit down, eat tacos, listen, ask questions, um, and and remember to listen for them to make fun of you. Love it. Thank you for sharing. And surge out. Thanks for joining us this week on The Confessional Taco. If you'd like to follow us on social media, check us out on Instagram at The Confessional Taco. Visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Confessional Taco, or head on over to our website, theconfessionaltaco.com, and hit us up.